You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. Welcome back to Mining Stock Education. I am your host, Bill Powers. Thank you for tuning in. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we featured Idaho as a mining jurisdiction in a recent episode. It is a There is a renaissance of mining, in particular of gold mining, that's occurring in the states. And one of our sponsors is located in that state, Otis Gold Corp. The company's website is otisgold.com, and it trades in Toronto under the ticker triple O, O-O-O, or in New York on the OTC under the ticker OG. LDF. Its flagship project is called Kilgore, and this is uh, almost a million ounce resource PEA stage development project. Uh, showed very good economics in its uh, PEA that was released, which we have featured in an interview probably about six months or so ago. There was one issue with this project, and it related to a contesting with the U.S. Forest Service over the Kilgore exploration permit, which is needed so that the company can further find and demonstrate mineralization and advance the project. Well, the federal court issued its final judgment and Otis is in the clear and the project can move forward unencumbered uh, by any contestation and any confusion that that would bring around this project or the company. And there have been a couple of press releases, uh, technical more technical press releases that the company has released in the last month about this project and its advancement. So we're going to be hearing from Craig Lindsay, the president, CEO, and founder of Otis, as well as the vice president of exploration, Alan Roberts. He joins me. Alan does first. So Alan, welcome back onto the show. I spoke with you at Beaver Creek and you were featured on this show. Tell us what's going on with the Kilgore Project and perhaps you can start with your press release that talked about some of your uh, recent metallurgical results. Yeah, thanks, Bill. It's great to be uh, on, on your show. And uh, yeah, in December, we uh, concluded um, nearly a year's worth of metallurgical testing on some near surface um, rock and from drill core. And we got some great results. Um, our uh, 0.5 crush uh, material for testing came back with an in excess of 90% gold recovery. And um, our uh, other one and a half and three inch crush also came back with very positive recoveries. Um, we used 80% in the PEA for uh, metallurgical recovery for half-inch crush, and so having greater than 90% will seriously enhance or significantly enhance the economics of the Kilgore deposit because half the material of the high-grade, um, averaging grade of about 0.72, would be the half would be the half-inch crush material at about 15,000 tons a day. So that's really, really encouraging, and it has a has a significant positive effect on the economics with the current gold price. And how do these metallurgical results compare to your fellow gold mining projects in Idaho or even in Nevada nearby? What's most interesting about the Kilgore project is how heat leachable the uh, gold, the mineralization is in the volcanic hosted rocks. It's, you know, numbers up in the, when you get greater than 90% recovery from a leach pad test, and we these were column tests, these weren't just desktop bench top tests, um, it really puts us up there in, you know, as a direct 
competitor with any project in the South and Western United States in respect to recoveries, both at run of mine grade and at um, the half-inch crush that we propose for half of the mineralized material. Can you explain for listeners that don't know, when you say run of mine, that is something you featured in your PEA. What do you mean when you say run of mine? What we call run of mine is when the rock is uh, drilled and blasted, and then it is literally picked up by a loader loaded into a truck, and it's taken straight to the leach pad. There's no ancillary processing of that material and that is a that is a way of significantly reducing cost for any operating mine therefore you can have lower grades of ore and still possibly be profitable and i think that's something we want to point out here as we now talk about your most recent press release released on february 5th which you entitled otis significantly extends mineralization at kilgore some of the the grades weren't, you know, the the spectacular grades that everybody oohs and ahs about. But because you're talking about a run of mine project, you are actually very satisfied with these results. Tell us the significance. What are some of the key takeaways with this most recent release? The key takeaway from the release is that we broke it into exploration and away from infill and development drilling. So we had a 14-hole program planned. Uh, we completed did 11 holes in very difficult weather conditions and uh, we had some mechanical uh, issues with uh, some of our contractors but overcoming those we moved forward and we produced you know our exploration results and we had three holes that produced very interesting results the most significant was hole 19 OKR 384 which we came back with 185.5 meters of 0.23 grams per ton gold and to most people, those grades, it's it's very low grade. But in respect of the metallurgy, and we're talking of the run of mine, the PEA had an average grade for run of mine of 0.24 grams per ton. So that interval is right in our run of mine grade. Um, you know, we're talking 0.01 gram per ton difference between the intercept in that hole and our average run of mine grade. And I point out, that's the average run of mine. So we have lower grade material, we have high grade material. Now that hole basically ex drilled to the west of the current resource shows that we have significant potential in the near surface, in the volcanic host, in the volcanic rocks that we can do further drilling on and, ex and then directly expand the resource by doing that drilling. To further the point, Bill, um, the the success that Otis had in, in, in the courts with the defense of the Forest Service permit uh, plan of operation for 140 sites, 420 holes being approved means that we can go ahead and advance the project unencumbered by, um, by further uh, litigation at this time. Um, the Forest Service and Otis are both very happy with the result, and I think um, it shows that if you do good work um, – and even when you're taken to the courts, um, having done the good work and having backed it up, we can go ahead and, and do the work in a responsible manner. And if I recall correctly, you said in our first interview, if it wasn't in the interview, you told it to me uh, personal, personally, but you became a part of the Otis team and got excited about the Kilgore project because of the exploration upside that you saw the potential, and now some of that has been confirmed with this drilling. 
We've confirmed the um, exploration potential around immediately around the Kilgore deposit, but it, 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 in, it, it no means does it take away from the target-rich environment that the Kilgore caldera, which hosts the Kilgore deposit, represents. So I'm still excited to do all of the exploration on the rest of the project area that Otis Gold holds. This is also this drill program was a smaller drill program, but it's the first stage of a larger planned drill program that the company announced. Can you put this smaller drill program in the context of the overall plan of development here? We were looking to put in a short program relatively low cost to make sure that we had exploration potential immediately around the Kilgore deposit and the program um, in two areas to the west and the south successfully showed the potential for for adding near-term resource to the Kilgore deposit. The 70-hole program that we have, of which the 11 holes we drilled was part, um, we'll expand that out into the to the the prospect areas around the Kilgore deposit. Most people know have heard of Gold Ridge, or Prospect Ridge, or Dogbone Ridge, and we hope that uh, in the summer fall of 2020 we can go ahead and start putting exploration holes into some of those uh, extremely attractive targets. Alan, as we conclude this segment, is there any other thoughts of pertinence or pertinent things you would like to share with the investors listening to us? Yeah, Bill, I, I'd like to just have everybody understand that um, exploration is a hit and miss business and that, uh, you know, every hole isn't going to come back with five meters of 50 grams. Um, an intercept of uh, 158 meters of 0.23 grams in a low grade bulk disseminated um, target like the Kilgore deposit is extremely exciting because it it is the mineralization that we are principally looking for and forms a large part of the deposit. So I want your listeners and potential investors and current investors not to lose faith because these results don't look impressive or are not significant because they need to be put in the context of the style of deposit that Kilgore is. You've been listening to Alan Roberts. He is the Vice President of Exploration for Otis Gold. Now you're going to be hearing from Craig Lindsay, the President and CEO. Alan, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. Now I am speaking with Craig Lindsay. He is the president, CEO, and founder of Otis Gold. Craig, welcome back onto the show. And my listeners just got a geological update from your VP of Exploration, Alan Roberts. Thanks for coming on the show. And with that recent press release regarding some of those step-out holes at Kilgore, I'm curious, what type of feedback have you been getting from investors, calls you received at the office, and uh, what would you like to uh, share with the market? Sure. Thanks, Bill. It's good to be back on the uh, on your show. Really appreciate the interest in what we're doing over at Otis. And yeah, we've had... Uh, uh, quite a bit of feedback and interest in the news that we uh, put out yesterday on our drill program, and I think uh, the you know the the elephant in the room is that we our, our big hit was 160 meters long, but it was only 0.23 grams per ton. So there's definitely been some conversation uh, with shareholders about what happened to the you know the two gram plus hits that you were getting up at the north end of the deposit. Uh, so we have been managing that a little bit, but the reality is 
Kilgore is. It's a volcanic-hosted apothermal gold system, and it's a sub-1 gram per ton deposit. Uh, we've got about 950,000 ounces of gold there. Most of that material is hosted in, in an oxide uh, environment, and most of that material has very strong metallurgical characteristics that Alan has talked about, number one. Number two, we've got a strip ratio at Kilgore of one to one. So you're moving one shovel of waste for every shovel of ore, uh, and that's a, that's a very attractive uh, strip ratio. So the fact that it's oxide, it's good metallurgy, and it's a low strip ratio environment allows these types of deposits to be economic at much lower grades. And the preliminary economic assessment that we released in August of 2019 supports that notion. Uh, specifically, we uh, that deposit is going to be producing gold, anything above a grade of 0.15 grams per ton. And that is people have to get their heads around that. You can make, there's a lot of deposits out there uh, in the western U.S. that are open pit heat leach uh, gold projects that are producing at grades of 0 0.15, 0 0.2, 0 0.3 grams per ton. And you can make money on, on those types of deposits and the economics can be very good. RPEA for your listeners, uh, if you recall, it's using a $1,300 gold price, and our after-tax IRRs were over 30% uh, with an average uh, grade of less than 0.6 grams per ton. So that has been a bit of an education over the last day or two. And so with, with this, let's take a step back even further, Bill. And I've been out on this project for 10 years, and... When you look at the history of Kilgore, in the mid-1990s, Echo Bay Mines was going to put an open pit heat leach uh, uh, deposit into production. They had identified about 350,000 ounces of gold, and the average grade was a little over a gram per ton. So when we first came out here, we were looking for this one gram per ton plus oxide deposit. Uh, and so we didn't look at a bunch of the lower grade hits that have, had been drilled historically. And fast forward to the PEA when we demonstrated that anything above 0.15 grams per ton could be economic at Kilgore. Alan, who you just heard from earlier, uh, Alan Roberts, our VP Exploration, said, Craig, you know, you've got to go out and look, for instance, at whole KG85-5, which hit 100 meters of 0.26 gram per ton material, and it was 200 meters west of the existing deposit. And Alan said, Craig, based on our PEA, if we can link up that historic hole with our deposit, there's the potential to add a significant sea of lower grade material that we've proven can be economic because of the low strip ratio and the very good metallurgy that we have. And that's exactly uh, what Alan did. 
uh, with hole 384 that he drilled. Yeah, and that's that's what he accomplished with that with that drill hole. And we think going forwards with about a 15 hole uh, drill program uh, focused on that wet new emerging west zone, there's a potential to add two to four hundred thousand ounces to the deposit of material that's going to be mineable potentially, and that is exciting and for a two and a half million dollar drill program to add two to four hundred thousand ounces your drill discovery cost is extremely low when a investor assesses exploration and development companies one of the metrics that's often employed is how many ounces in the ground relative to the enterprise value of the company and when you dig deeper as you progress in your knowledge as an investor, you quickly learn that not all ounces are created equal. So one of the things I hear you communicating here is that you have the excellent metallurgy. That's one of the key points of what your project offers. And I'm curious, have you compared your metallurgy and the results you're getting so far with this from being able to extract gold from this low-grade material how does that compare to some of your peers, not just in Idaho, but maybe even in the region at large? Well, I think it compares favorably. And what your listeners should be doing when they're looking at a gold deposit, they shouldn't just look at the ounces and the grade and kind of go, wow, that's a lot of gold. It's well over a million ounces and it's over a gram per ton or whatever metric they're going to use. They need to go and look at whether or not that particular deposit is mineable. So they have to dig down and look really closely at metallurgy. They have to look at um, processing costs. Can you dig this stuff out of the ground, drill, blast, and throw it onto a heat bleach pad? Or do you have to crush it down to what some of us in the industry refer to as bug dust, like really crush it down before you can extract any gold from it. And the more crushing you have to do, the more um, uh, the, the, the higher your processing costs. Um, and not just how much do you have to crush, but can you throw it onto a leach pad or do you have to uh, process, process it through a mill? And so every ounce in the ground is definitely not created uh, equal. Uh, and certainly at, at Kilgore, when you've got an oxide deposit, that you can drill, blast, and throw onto a heat bleach pad and recover gold uh, at good recovery rates, that is very attractive. Um, and it, we definitely compare favorably with a lot of the open pit heat bleach stories, uh, particularly in Nevada, but also some of our peers in, in, in Idaho and elsewhere. Previously, if I recall from our conversations, you said that when majors are looking to, or mid-tiers are looking to purchase a project, they'd want minimally 10 years at 100,000 ounces a year production. Based on these new results, can you, and of course it's a forward-looking statement, but can you talk a little bit about the potential you see here? I know you have a drill program uh, planned for the future at Kilgore. I mean, definitely one of the big positives of uh, Otis is that uh, Agnico Eagle uh, owns about 8% of our company. They bought uh, into the story uh, coming up on three years ago. 
And they were really excited about the potential for uh, not just the existing deposit, but finding the second and third deposit out at Kilgore. And they definitely want to see profiles of, you know, a million ounce. They really want to see two to three million ounces with 100,000 ounce a year plus uh, potential. And that's definitely where uh, we are moving uh, with the drilling that we've just recently accomplished. Right now, we're at... Uh, 110,000 ounces a year with a five-year mine life. And we see the potential to to start moving closer to a 10-year, 100,000 ounce a year mine life with these, new, uh, with these new discovery holes that we've had out to the west. And how many meters of drilling do you expect to put in at Kilgore in 2020? We would really like to do uh, this 2,500 meter drill program that we just accomplished was part of a larger planned 25,000 meter drill program. So we've got over 20,000 meters of drilling ahead of us that we would like to do at Kilgore in 2020. Uh, As I've mentioned, there's going to be a a portion of that um, is going to be focused on resource expansion at the existing deposit. Uh, But the other thing, and that's the second prong in our approach at uh, Uh, Kilgore is going out and doing exploration drilling along the Kilgore caldera at this 15 kilometers of strike length that we have where we've got uh, golden soil anomalies uh, running along that entire distance. And we want to start uh, focusing as a second track at uh, finding the second and third deposits that we think are out there at Kilgore. Craig, I know the last year was uh, challenging with the contestation of your exploration permit at Kilgore, and I did mention in the introduction before I spoke with Alan that that was resolved to your favor. So you know very well what it's like to um, battle a permit when it's contested, but you've also been the beneficiary of a permit that was issued quicker than some permits have been issued in the past. Um, you know, as a Canadian working in the States, uh, do you have any observation of the mining permitting structure and trends we're seeing? Well, honestly, as a Canadian, uh, it's actually refreshing to be working down in the States because believe it or not, the permitting regimes and environment in the U.S., Uh, are, I think, somewhat more favorable uh, because in Canada, layered on top of all the regular environmental hurdles that we have, uh, there's a significant First Nations issue that you deal with in permitting in Canada. Uh, So there's a little bit less of that in in the United States. But probably uh, one of the things that's been emerging from a, a U.S. perspective is the U.S. administration's uh, focus on accelerating uh, timelines for permitting, and not just in the mining industry, but the oil and gas industry, uh, infrastructure, building roads, uh, highways, bridges, that sort of thing. They've uh, the administration has brought in a, a regulatory change where they want environmental assessments uh, completed within 12 months, and they want environmental impact statements completed within two years. And right now, I think the average in the U.S. is about four and a half to five years for an EIS. So that is a significant change, which is going to affect positively um, mining exploration and mine development activities uh, in the United States. And I want to caution readers that this is not an effort uh, to reduce environmental burdens in the United States. It's just getting 
the federal government and the regulatory agencies to work more closely together in what they're calling a one-decision policy. Uh, so we're still going to be up to the very high standards of, that the NEPA has in the U.S. It's just going to be a more efficient permitting uh, system, which is going to significantly accelerate, uh, we hopefully, um, permitting in, in the U.S., Craig, as we conclude, is there um, this the future plans at Kilgore and also your exploration project Oakley requires money? Is there anything you can update the market on at the time being? Well, that's a that's a good question, and we're in a position where we do need capital to advance uh, our the, our development plans. And all I can say right now is that we're working on a couple of strategic initiatives to address that uh, that issue, and I'm confident we are going to have capital in place to uh, move our projects forward on a timely basis. You've been listening to Craig Lindsay, President, CEO, and founder of Otis Gold Corp, exploring and developing in the Idaho in the United States of America. As we mentioned, the ticker symbol is OOO in Toronto and OGLDF in New York. And the website is otisgold.com. Craig, thanks for coming on Mining Stock Education and providing an update. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, Bill. Really appreciate it. Good to chat with you. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. 
If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on MiningStockEducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.